Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Is it normal that my hair has started to change? Is it normal that when you look at the sky, you feel like your whole vagina could fall out? Is it normal to crave crushed ice chippings? Hello and welcome to Is It Normal? The Pregnancy Podcast with me, Jessie Ware. This podcast is a helping hand that talks about symptoms and worries and hopefully alleviates the fears that many pregnant people have during pregnancy and around birth. A place for frank, open and positive dialogue. We have a consultant obstetrician and an expert midwife and we talk to various other experts too, focusing on all aspects around pregnancy and giving birth. And this week at week 31 of your pregnancy... We talk to our returning brilliant midwife, Izzy Borton, and we're going to focus this episode on places of birth. Now, you may have decided where you're going to give birth. It may be that you want to have it in the labour ward. It may be that you want to have it in a pool in the birth centre, or you may be fancier at home in your own bathtub or on the kitchen floor. Who knows, but you have that choice. And we are here to hopefully help you feel empowered when making those decisions. So Izzy is going to help us go through all the different options and what's different about these different places of giving birth. Izzy, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Jessie. It's a pleasure to join you again. So, places of birth. Now, there's a few options, aren't there? Yeah, exactly. So, as with anything in your pregnancy, you have kind of choices to make. You know, nothing, everything that's kind of presented to you in pregnancy is a choice and it and it needs to be that you're partaking in that decision making uh, with your care providers with your midwife and um, that they're guiding you to make the right choice for you and um, in terms of birth we know that for the majority of women birth is generally very safe Um, And it's just about making a choice in terms of where you give birth and where you're going to feel most comfortable. And so we kind of have three main areas of of choice in terms of giving birth. So you have um, home birth, as you just mentioned. We have um, midwifery led units and those are sometimes within a hospital or sometimes they so they're called alongside midwifery units um but they can also be freestanding um you might they might be called birth centers where where you are um based and then we have um obstetric units and an obstetric unit is kind of what's referred to i mean an 
old terminology would be the the kind of labour ward or delivery suite. Mm -hmm. So those are the three kind of main options. How do they differ in care? Yeah, of course. So let me kind of give you a bit of a rundown. Um, So for the majority of women and birthing people, we know that because people that are of childbearing age tend to be fit, young and healthy, um, Mm -hmm. we know that for the majority of people, they'll be at low risk of complications during their birth. And for these people, it would generally be recommended that you receive midwifery-led care And so you don't actually, if your pregnancy has been straightforward and you don't have any medical conditions, it's actually safest for you to be under midwife-led care because what it means is you won't receive unnecessary interventions. And what we mean by that is things like having a caesarean section unless it's absolutely needed or having operative vaginal delivery. So that involves use of kind of instruments to help deliver a baby. So we know that there are definitely some people who really do need input from doctors during their pregnancy. But for people that don't, it's better for them, their care to be led by midwives. And that's because midwives support um, kind of the physiology of birth in a very... It's difficult. I don't want to use the word normal because I'm not saying that other types of birth aside from vaginal birth are abnormal, Mm -hmm. but it's more about following the physiological processes of the body. And that is what uh, midwives are, are trained to do. So with your midwifery led birth centers, we know that if you give birth in a midwifery-led birth centre that you're less likely to have intervention. And it's not that intervention is necessarily bad where it's needed, but we want to avoid it, and you know, unless it is needed. Yeah, so you have the midwifery-led units and it's likely that if you've had no problems, it will be recommended that you give birth there. However, there is sometimes as well, as we said at the beginning, it's about your choice. And it might be that there are some factors in your pregnancy, which mean it might be recommended for you to give birth in the obstetric unit, but you feel that you would prefer to be in a midwifery-led unit or or to have a home birth. And it's really important in those scenarios to know that that you do have a choice and, and there's different ways of going about making those decisions and feeling supported in your decisions and different kind of hospitals um, will have different pathways for that. But there are usually ways of drawing up a plan with your midwife if your wishes are kind of outside of your hospital guidelines to make sure that um, your kind of preferences are really listened to. And if there are any additional factors um, which need to be considered in terms of safety, that those are kind of planned for as well. So say you've opted for a midwife-led birth that's been in your plan, you've had a low-risk pregnancy, and there are complications in that birth when you are in the midwife-led team. Um, You will then go and see an obstetrician if you need to, right? It's not like if you decide... On the birth centre, that's it. You won't ever see a doctor. I mean, usually they're quite close enough. Even if it's a freestanding centre, they're usually close enough to, you know, doctors. Yeah, exactly. So um, for anyone that's planning to give birth in a midwifery-led birth centre, whether that's freestanding 
or alongside an obstetric unit and and actually the case for home birth as well is that you know midwives are very skilled at recognizing when birth is progressing as we expect in a kind of normal physiological way and if we see signs that and you know in that scenario as a midwife our role is to kind of step back a little bit and just support the person that's in labor to kind of progress through that journey and you know we do have certain aspects of monitoring and things so listening into the baby's heartbeat and and keeping track of things like your blood pressure every few hours but generally birth will unfold in a in an uncomplicated way and we're our skill is to assess and recognize when when things aren't quite going to plan and you know ideally if things are looking like you know common things if you're having your first baby might be that labor is taking quite a long time or sometimes for example when we're listening into the baby's heartbeat because at a home birth or in a midwifery led unit we would do that with a handheld doppler usually if we recognise that there are any concerns with the baby's heart rate, these kind of things where are are signs of escalating for kind of review from an, an obstetrician. And so I think what people sometimes maybe have misconceptions about, and I think this is a lot to do with the images we see of childbirth in the media and on television and film as being quite dramatic... Um, I think people worry that if they're in a midwifery-led birth centre or a home, or they're having a home birth, that help isn't going to be there when they need it. And actually, a it's very rare that there will be complications. If there are signs that things aren't progressing as we would expect, then we tend to try to refer before things become a real emergency you know that's what we're, we're mm-hmm. wanting to avoid is to intervene when necessary to prevent kind of any harm coming to the baby or of, of course the the woman or the pers- birthing person in labor so I think what I'm trying to say is that there's these kind of misconceptions about midwife-led care as being lesser than obstetric-led care when actually all the evidence suggests that for women who have low risk chance of complications it's the safest type of care and that's because it follows the physiology and avoids unnecessary intervention so if you're in a midwifery-led birth center you know sometimes it's not that the need the need to transfer to an obstetric unit isn't always for a concerning issue it might be for pain relief so there are lots of pain relief options available in these settings but some pain relief options such as an epidural would only be available in in an obstetric unit so if someone's you know in labor in a midwifery led unit and they make the decision to have an epidural then they will need to transfer to an obstetric unit and that might be Mm. literally moving from one floor of the hospital to another or it might be moving from a freestanding birth center to the local maternity unit or from a home birth setting to the so as you can see it's it's not always because we're worried about something it's just that if for, for example in that situation it would be pain relief and I think it's also 
important to know that as a person kind of making these decisions you you need to try to find out what where you're going to be most comfortable Mm. Um, and that might not be your kind of immediate assumptions about where you might be most comfortable might end up not being the case so it might be actually that you've planned to go to the hospital but labour starts and you feel very comfortable in your home environment and then that's also to do with the hormones of labour and how when we feel most comfortable generally our labours will progress well because it enables our oxytocin to flow Um, and so I think that's why we really encourage people to stay at home in the earlier stages of labour but also the more kind of education that we have about home birth settings midwifery led settings it feeds into that as well Um, and we know that in those scenarios if we're kind of facilitating someone to feel calm and safe and supported then their labour is going to progress well. Talking about the atmosphere and staying at home because it's always that thing when you're a labouring person and you are like I need to go to the hospital I need to go to the hospital and the midwife will you'll speak to the midwife and they'll kind of check whether they think that you are ready to go to the hospital or not and that's something to do with the contractions which we'll talk about later in future episodes um what is it about the home or the birth center that can help encourage that oxytocin that hormone that kind of that love hormone that kind of gets the show on the road can help you know encourage quicker surges you know what can be some of those aspects that can help that you can find either at home or in the birth center in terms of labor it's really important to kind of look at the processes that are happening in the body and the hormones that are facilitating labor to kind of start Mm. and progress and we know that oxytocin is um, really key in that process Um, and oxytocin is what causes our uterus to contract um, in labour but it's also a hormone that's released in other scenarios um, such as when we have sex and when we orgasm, when we breastfeed, when we have skin-to-skin contact and so it's really helpful to look at those situations in order to help us understand the environment that we need for when we give birth. So it's thinking about feeling safe, feeling warm, feeling supported, feeling undisturbed. Um, So not many people would feel comfortable having sex in front of, you know, a room full of people wearing uniforms and masks and bright lighting. bright light. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So that really helps. Um, And there's a saying of like, what gets... I think it's what what gets the baby in gets the baby out <laughs> in terms of um, <laughs> I've never heard that one <laughs> of like how to kind of facilitate that environment. And so when a woman is in labor and she's feeling those contractions coming and she calls the midwife to get advice and to see if it's time, you know, to come into hospital if she's planning to give birth there. It's not that we're wanting to keep someone out of hospital you know, because we're not wanting to support them or it's it's mm. because we actually know that the longer that women and birthing people stay at home in the earlier stages of labour, the more likely they are to go on to have a birth that's kind of 
free of intervention I want it's difficult I know we're trying to move away from this normal birth but I guess what I mean is a, a vaginal birth where um you know they feel kind of the baby's born and there's no harm to the mum or the baby in that process and also that she has a positive experience is obviously really important so that's often why we're encouraging people to stay at home in those earlier stages for for that reason but I do also appreciate that especially if you're having your first baby the that stage of of labor the kind of earlier stage where things are establishing and your contractions are or surges are becoming more um, intense and more regular can take a bit of time and it's really important to have good support during that time from your birth partner and from a midwife as well if you if you need it and I think it's important to recognize that not everyone does feel safe at home in those earlier stages and they want support and they want kind of help during that time reassurance of course and um and I think that's where continuity plays a really good factor because if you know there's someone that you can call and speak to in the earlier stages and get advice from and get suggestions from then it's much easier to stay at home and feel supported because you know someone's just there to call if you need them whereas if every time you're calling up your maternity unit you're speaking to a different person and that in itself can feel quite kind of like it's disturbing the flow of things and for some women they will feel much more comfortable being in the hospital and and we know that that's the majority of people plan to give birth in hospital so it's making sure as well that um you know we're not saying that one type of birth is preferable you know preferable but kind of um we're not saying that everyone wants the same thing basically um but I think what everyone wants is a positive experience where they feel listened to and they feel supported in an environment that they feel safe in so those are the things that you need to consider yourself when you're planning your birth and planning on on where you give birth What are some of the reasons why people wouldn't just go to a midwife-led unit or a home birth? Common reasons why it might be recommended for you to give birth in the obstetric unit can be things like if you have things like diabetes, if you have high blood pressure, if your baby is breech, which is bottom down rather than head down, or if you're expecting more than one baby. So if you're planning twins or triplets, then it would generally be recommended to give birth in an obstetric unit. So some women as well will choose to be in an obstetric unit um, for certain pain relief options. So even if everything is totally fine, there's no concerns of yourself or baby, it might be that you choose to have an epidural during labour for pain relief. And in that case, then it would need to be on an obstetric unit because an epidural is administered by an anaesthetist who's a doctor and there's a little bit of additional monitoring that we need to do when you've had an epidural, uh, which generally means it's um, only provided in that setting. Also, if you were planning an elective caesarean, it would be the obstetric unit where that surgery was performed and you would obviously be given kind of specifics as to to when to arrive and how that would all be planned for you but um, 
again because you'd have doctors involved in your care because they would be doing the surgery then it would be on the obstetric unit that you would go to Mm. yeah I would say that it's really important to know what is important to you you know what what your preferences are and it's also important to recognize that sometimes things are a little bit unpredictable in labor and things can occur on the day that you hadn't anticipated and that might change how you feel on the day and where you where it's recommended that you give birth but also where you you know want to give birth and that's quite I think it's important to have kind of good understanding of what you want but also recognition of of how that might change on the day as well and I guess you know if you are opting for the obstetric unit I wonder whether there's dimmers in the in the room for for the lights to go down I you know there's always the option of you being able to bring in an essential oil diffuser to kind of have that smell that you've maybe become accustomed to at home some relaxing you know there's many different tools you can use if you would prefer to be near the doctors but you want to try and encourage that oxytocin there's many methods of being able to bring a bit of your home into that hospital ward into that hospital room you can't have a water birth in an obstetric unit can you um or can you so i'll yeah so i'll cover as you said like with the environment that you're creating in the labour room, wherever that is, there's a lot you can do to adapt that and and make it an environment that you feel safe in. Because it might be that you want the philosophy of a midwifery-led birth centre, but you fully accept and want to be in an obstetric unit because you are aware Mm. that, that that might be safer should intervention be needed so like you said dimming the lights trying to kind of remain really active and mobile during your labor so it might be that you you know when you walk into a typical room on a uh, obstetric unit there will be a kind of very hospital like bed sitting in the middle of it um Mm. And it's thinking about, okay, maybe let's just push that to the side. Do you have, are there birth balls available? Are there mats and bean bags? Maybe having a sign on your door that, that says, actually, I, you know, don't want to be disturbed unless needed. Um, if they're doing things like ward rounds, um, or can you knock first and speak to my midwife? Um, if you're hypnobirthing, for example, it might be that you're trying to keep the noise down. And one of the key reasons why uh, some women and birthing people will be, it will be recommended for them to be on an obstetric unit is to do with how we're monitoring the baby's heart rate in the course of the labour. And if it's been recommended for you to have continuous fetal heart rate monitoring Mm. with something called a CTG, then that will nearly always be on an obstetric unit. We wouldn't use a CTG generally on a midwifery-led unit. And um, these type of machines, they have like little kind of probes that sit on your tummy or like little round discs that sit on your tummy and are held in place with some stretchy bands. And one monitors the baby's heart rate and the other monitors the frequency of the contractions. 
And in lots of units now, typically, kind of traditionally, these are attached to a machine. So there are kind of wires attached and it can, Mm. to some extent, limit your movement. But more and more now we're seeing, um, you know, and this is very much subject to where you're giving birth, but these um, sometimes can be wireless or it can be that the the wires are much longer and it's still able, you're still able to move, you know, around and kind of ask for different aids such as birth balls. So even if it does have the wires, you can sit on a birth ball whilst your baby's heart rate is being monitored. Can you turn down the sound of the like the bleeps? Can they can you reduce the volume of it? Yeah, exactly. So that's another thing as well as kind of having um, the sound down so that you're not too aware of that. What's uh, the kind of heart rate and things? It might be yeah. If there's bleeps and things going off, so yeah, there's lots of changes you can make to kind of assist with the environment in the birth room and. Um, you said before about birth pools. Now, it's very much depends on where you where you are. So some places will still have birth pools available on their obstetric units. And it will be like an individual kind of assessment person to person if it would be suitable for them to use a, a pool. And, and of course, it is choice. So it's kind of making that plan if you kind of know in your pregnancy that you would really like to use a birth pool um for pain relief then it's good to mention that to the midwife because if there is anything that's maybe typically outside of guidelines then it can be that 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 discussion is had ahead of time and and you can be kind of supported in your choice obviously i'm i think i'm really coming from a UK-based perspective here um, and I'm aware that Mm. you know might have listeners from other countries and I can't really comment on in like a really kind of in-depth way all the the different options in other countries but I think that there are definitely some of the things that we've just mentioned about how to create that birth environment that's going to support the the hormones and physiology of labour is transferable to any setting and it's not Mm. that you know, it might be that you're planning a home birth throughout your whole pregnancy and then it gets towards the end and something occurs, which means it would be maybe safer for you to give birth in hospital and you or you decide you want to. And it doesn't mean that you have to throw the whole birth plan out the window for the environment that you want to be in. You know, all of those things are very much transferable wherever you give birth. You just mentioned home births and later in this episode, we will be joined by home birth midwife Francine Chang, who actually helped deliver my baby boy, number two, um, who will be giving a full lowdown on home births. Now, Izzy, you've been you've really helped paint a picture of a midwifery led unit and an obstetric unit. Thank you. After the baby is born, if you're in hospital or a birth centre, midwifery led unit, the partner will have to leave at some point or is that not the case what are the rules that are different between the obstetric unit and a midwifery led unit yeah so in your kind of three settings there obviously in your own home one of the major advantages is that you're in your own home and you're in complete control of who you have with Mm, you mm. um you could have as many people as you wanted um and Mm -hmm. after you give them birth you get to just get into your own bed um at the moment, I would say it's a little bit 
is a bit tricky to say because things are still in a little bit of a COVID bubble of being slightly different to normal. But what I would say is outside of COVID times, generally on a midwifery led birth centre, especially if they're freestanding or, you know, even if they are in an alongside unit, generally after birth, your partner, there's no limitations to how long your partner stays. And they, if you are staying in overnight, they can stay with you. Often there's provisions for them to kind of, you know, sleep in the same room as you, whether it's a fold out bed or whatever it is um, that the individual kind of birth centre provides. But what I would say as well is if you've given birth on a midwifery led birth centre, and things have gone pretty straightforward. Some women will go home the same day, especially if they've had a baby before. If it's your first baby, often you'll stay usually at least one night. Um, and that's generally because you might need a bit of help with things like if, you're, if you've chosen to breastfeed, it might be that you need a bit of support with that. Um, if you've given birth in an obstetric unit, generally the birthing rooms there are very much for that. They're, they're for birth. And so after you've given birth, generally you'd be moved to another room, whether it's on the same ward or whether you'd be moving to a postnatal ward. And um, in some scenarios, it would be that after, you know, it might be that your partner isn't able to stay overnight on that ward with you. Um, some places, you know, do facilitate that, but it's usually by means of a kind of reclining chair rather than a comfortable bed for the partner. So um, that has to be taken into consideration a bit as well. Um, I think some people sometimes feel like it's good to have the partner there to help, but also if neither of you are getting a good night's sleep, then sometimes it's good to, to nip home to sleep at night. And some people talk about that like special night together with their baby without the partner and I I haven't actually done it but I have heard really beautiful stories about people just really cherishing that first 24 hours alone with their baby and having the midwives there to help and assist if they need to um that may not suit everybody though so you know there are pros and hopefully less cons but it really is a choice for everybody Izzy thank you very much for outlining some of the places of birth that our pregnant listeners may be opting for. It's always a pleasure to chat to you. Thank you. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So we've heard about lots of options and places to give birth, um, but I thought it'd be wonderful to focus on a personal uh, connection that I have. And this is an NHS home birth midwife. Her name's Francine Chang, and she was present at my first home birth, which actually, in hindsight, I think I was slightly petrified by. Francine, thank you very, very much for doing this. It's always really lovely to see you. Oh, you're welcome. It's great to see you again as well. I thought you would be a perfect person to talk to about home births, the possibility of a home birth, because, well, I had such an amazing experience with you and your midwives and the kind of the setup that you offered. Can you explain a little bit about the difference of a home birth midwife and kind of the the structure or infrastructure that's set up around giving birth at home? Okay, so ideally, every woman should have the choice to have a home birth um, in the country, but it differs with different hospitals. The ideal setup is like where I work, where you have a home birth team, so a few midwives, maybe four to seven midwives, set up dedicated to working with women who want a home birth. And then it's like a real choice then. The women get to meet the midwives before, antenatally, they get to have wonderful care, and then they will know one of the midwives, or maybe even both of the midwives, that come to them um, when they're in labour. But unfortunately, just because of resources and the NHS and how it is, not every hospital has that type of facility. So sometimes women, yes, they have the choice to have a home birth, but your choice is met with the fact that there's no home birth team. It would just be on the night. You give the delivery suite a call and we'll send a midwife to you. And lots of women find that a bit scary, a bit daunting, because there's no certainty. There's no personability with it. It's just, we'll just have to see what happens. So it can be difficult. Also, we try to um, have women sign up for home birth if you're low risk. If you're low risk, it's a very, very low possibility that there's anything going to go wrong and that we're going to have any problems and a huge possibility that you should be able to deliver at home. We do look after women who are high risk because that might be the choice that they decide. But we we don't advocate that in the um, NHS. But if women decide to make that choice for themselves, we definitely um, back them, make sure they know the pros and the cons about their risk in relation to home birth, and they can go ahead as well. So it's an option for everybody, but everyone needs to contact their midwife and ask them which way they can go about it and how their particular NHS trust is doing it. So, yeah, as you say, I mean, you're... You, the, the the setup that you had I mean I had three midwives in my room one was a student midwife which I was very yeah. happy to have Roisin and then I had Annie and I had you yeah. and so and I knew all these women and for me that was so wonderful and special so special in fact you you named my son's middle name as the initials of all the women that were in the room because I loved you so much and I had the most positive brilliant experience but I have found that that 
setup isn't the same in the hospital that I am well I'm I'm intending to have a home birth this time and there was um, a kind of reduced level of continuity of care and that wasn't because the midwives aren't brilliant that I've been meeting it was just that this particular NHS trust didn't have this setup and that I wonder whether that's because the area you're in the popularity of home births probably because of your reputation of being brilliant has gone up or do you think it's just that it's it's kind of luck of the draw I think it's a bit of both I think it's luck of the draw because the um the head of midwifery that we have she has been a home birth midwife herself so she's passionate about it so therefore she would make sure it's set up in her trust but there are other trusts who just have one because they have the money and then a lot of it can be driven by the women themselves you have community groups in certain areas who really push for it they want a home birth service they want the choice and they push that um that community and they push that hospital to set it up for them and make sure that they have it and then there are other places which they just don't have it and those poor women need to either source it privately through nh through um independent midwives or like our neighbouring borough to the hospital that I work in a lot of the women will contact me and say please I'm only five streets out of the area can I have a home birth with you and sometimes we do stretch the boundaries but there are some women that unfortunately just don't get the service that you're talking about that that you experienced. But that's interesting that you say that about sometimes being able to stretch the boundaries and that's something that I've realised that my new area have been able to do. I emailed and said I just feel like maybe I'm not getting any continuity and I'm feeling a bit worried about who's going to turn up on the door even though I'm on my third birth I should be perfectly fine touch wood um I I kind of just expressed that I was a little bit concerned and I said I understand if you can't do it and they referred me and you know I know I'm a bit out of the um postcode that I'm that that they cover but they've managed to make those allowances and I think that that seems to be quite common in lots of places they'll they'll try to make it work if they can midwives will Um, and sometimes they're restricted by you know postcodes and areas and the amount of women they're looking after pregnant people they're looking after at the time but I have seen that that's been really amazing I think that's the thing about particularly midwives everyone's so if you're I'm speaking for you but I think you all just want everyone to have a good experience of birth and have their choice made. So you want to try and help them as much as possible, right? Definitely. If I get a woman on the phone and she's asking me, can you help me? And she's a couple of streets out. It's almost impossible for me to say no, because mm. just why and how would you do it? Yeah, so, right. yeah, if if you can, then you, you definitely do. You become a midwife because you want to be nice to people. You want to help people. So that's that's generally what we try to do. And I um I think I love that fact that, you know, I knew the women that were around me that were potentially going to be there. You also had a really wonderful setup, like this coffee morning, didn't you? Um, that I presume you may be doing on Zoom at the moment because of the COVID. But um, it was a coffee morning to kind of meet the midwives, the potential midwives that could be at your birth. Are you still doing that? So we're not doing meet the midwives at the moment, exactly why you said because of COVID. And also because of COVID, we have got so many more women. So we just don't really have the time for the um to set it up on zoom and we're just so busy Mm. but as soon as everything's open again we will get meet your midwives back because women love it and we actually like it too because the way it works there are 
five of us and we all have a caseload. So I'll have my caseload, um, the other midwives I work with, they have their caseload. So they know their women really well, but I don't know their women really well. I might have to just get there with them on the day and and help them. It's much nicer if I've been at the coffee morning and I've met her and I've had a... Even if it's just a two-minute chat with her, we've made a little connection, we've said something to each other. It's so much easier when Mm. I walk in... She's seven centimetres and, and she can't look at me because she's busy, but she re- she remembers my voice and she remembers that I've met her before and it's much easier to just make that connection. And al- and also it's a, it's a chance for uh, couples to express their fears, excitement, concerns, questions. What would you say are the advantages of having a home birth? I think the advantages are, first of all, as you've mentioned, is definitely continuity. We know that from research, if you have continuity of care and continuity of carer, you are definitely going to have better outcomes. Women feel better and then there are better medical outcomes for both mum and baby. So that's the main um, benefit. Then just the fact that women are in their own home, you'll be able to cope cope with labour a lot better. Your The levels of fear, and then that means the hormones are in the right balance, are much less when you're at home we do notice that women just deliver much quicker when they're at home it's there's so many more benefits to just individual benefits that women feel like if you've got other children you don't feel like you have to split your family now because of covid some hospitals weren't letting um, partners in all the time there's that benefit you can have whoever you want at your house you're just much more in control women are in control of their own labor and their own delivery it's much nicer First time mothers, you know, I I know that from my first birth to my second birth, the amount of time it took to birth was much shorter once things started popping off. Um, First time mothers um, who want to have a home birth, is that quite common? And also, is the outcome usually that they can give birth at home or is it very, is that a kind of impossible question to answer? I can, no, I can answer. So first-time mums, there are a lot of first-time mums who do want a home birth and seek out to have a home birth, especially mm. in the team that I work in. And nationally, you're, you've got about a 40% chance of, if you're a first-time mum, low risk of staying at home and delivering okay. at home. But that um, percentage can come right up if you are in a home birth team, like where I work, and there are many of them across the country, if you're in a home birth team where the midwives are experienced with home birth and they want to do home birth, they haven't just been told when they get to work that day, they're working on delivery suite, oh, look, there's a lady having a home birth, you're going to go there. Yeah. That can be a little bit scary for a midwife. If you haven't done a home birth for many years or even yeah. you've never never done a home birth, you're probably going to get to that house and you might move that lady into the into the hospital a lot quicker than a midwife who's been doing home birth day in, day out, like I do. So if you're with a home birth team, you've got dedicated midwives. I don't know for each area in, in London, but where I work in Hackney, you are more likely to have a home birth with us first time mum. It's not 40% anymore. That's going to go up to like 60% if it's your first baby. That's amazing. And what are the, some of the reasons that you could potentially transfer to hospital so 
Our main reason for transferring to hospital is meconium. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know what meconium is, meconium is uh, what's in the baby's bowels while the baby's with mum. We're hoping that the baby won't open its bowels until it's delivered, but mm. many babies do open their bowels in labour yeah. for, for many different reasons. So we, we prefer that the baby wasn't born at home. Well, those are the guidelines for the NHS. Babies who pass meconium and we know about it in labour should be transferred in and that's one of our biggest reasons in in my trust why we transfer in so that's a reason we just nobody can help it's not mum's fault it's not baby's fault and we don't actually know why the baby's passed meconium or if the baby's in any extra danger until we go to the hospital and do some more monitoring of the baby and how would that transfer um come about would you as a midwife be monitoring this and would there be an ambulance outside like is it very different what would happen is once we've seen the meconium and I've had a chat to mum and dad about what I found and what my uh, recommendations are and if they're then happy that they're going to come to the hospital we'd call an ambulance one of us would go in the hospital in the ambulance with the lady to the hospital the other one would follow along in our car bring all our equipment and we'd stay with the lady until we'd handed over to a new midwife got a new plan with the doctors and then we'd we'd sort of say goodbye then and hopefully she'd deliver safely and normally there so I want to know about water births now you can have a water birth in a birth center or you can have it at home you know you do a blow up paddling pool do you find that most pregnant people will give birth in the water if they've got the pool at their house yes I think for for most first-time mums that I look after and bearing in mind I generally only look after women wanting a home birth um, most of them will source the use of a pool and they will use the pool at some point in mm. the labour. Whether they deliver in it is a different story. For a first-time mum, you'll probably be in and out of the pool a lot and, and you may or may not deliver inside the pool. For second, third-time mums, they usually have a pool and it's quite common that the pool is being filled and the baby's out. So <laughs> we, we don't get to use the pool. But we, we definitely use water a lot with home births. Um, and you can, even if you're not having home birth, you should be able to source a water birth in whichever hospital that you're in. What made you go, because I presume you started on labour wards as a midwife, right? Um, I did. I've been qualified for 17 years, so it was a long time ago. And when I was a student, I worked a lot out in the community and there was a big shortage of midwives then. So I was working in the community as a senior student on my own quite a lot. So when I qualified... I went straight into the community because I they felt that because I'd been doing it for over a year as a mm. student I should just carry on and that's where the that's where the gap was. So I think that's why I love being a community midwife and being outside. After a year of being out in the community and doing a few home births here and there, I had to come back into delivery suite to really um, just sustain my knowledge and keep mm. everything up from what I've learned. So I went back into the hospital for two years and realised that I really would like to go back out to do home births and be out in the community so after two years I came out and then I just stayed out in the community so for me I kind of did the, the other way around to most midwives I think that's why I love home birth so much because that was my first mm. my first real experiences as a midwife were home births not so much in the hospital I think you know we were together when I gave birth to my son and I I have such a wonderful memory of that time however bloody 
he took his time. I mean, he was, I'm sure you remember, he was like two weeks overdue, even though we don't talk about being overdue, do we? But when you're getting told by the hospital, you've got to go in and get induced. Um, and it was a, he was a bit of a bugger just to kind of like make his way as well. And then he, and then he was here. But I did, I, there was something so special about being in your bed or being, even, even when I was trying to push the placenta out, like we're having a chat and we're like in my, sitting room we're all having a chat everyone's got a cup of tea I've got snacks in the kitchen for you lot and it's I don't know you're almost hosting your friends at your house whilst you've just given birth and I mean is there any way to kind of alleviate some of the fears like even if okay so if a if a mother or a pregnant person at all would you be able to do the stitches at home all of that stuff or would they have to be transferred into hospital if it was a, a certain level of tear so most of the time at home birth, if you do if you do sustain a tear, it's not so bad. And most most midwives will be able to sort that out for you at home, give you local anaesthetic, keep you comfortable, just like we would in the um, hospital. We have to kind of do a bit of a, a makeshift area. We might use a bed, a couple of chairs and a stool and stuff, but we'd be able to do it at home. Sometimes, though, if the tear is a, a little bit deeper than we'd expect, or perhaps you look at the tear as a midwife and you think, I think this lady would really benefit from me having much better lighting and mm. a, and some and maybe a doctor's opinion because the tear sometimes te- tears can look a bit like a little bit like a puzzle and if you think oh I'm not really sure mm. it's best to go in for that lady so she gets the best level of care but most tears at home are quite small if you've had a nice straightforward birth and we can stitch them at home. Um, and then how's the postnatal care? Would you then continue to see the pregnant people after? Would there, would there still be that level of continuity postnatally with the home birth team? Yep, with the home birth team that I work in, and I'm pretty sure most home birth teams across the country, they would still look after their women, whether you ended up going to the hospital and delivering in the hospital or, or staying at home and managing to have a home birth, we'd, they'd still look after you postnatally because they know you, they would want to finish it. Yeah. And I guess, uh, could if you live quite far away from a hospital, are you allowed to have a home birth? And would you, as a midwife and a medical professional, recommend it? Is there a certain, like, mile radius where you're like, you know what, maybe we shouldn't consider the home birth? Well... It, I can I can try and answer the question. It's a bit difficult for me because yeah. obviously I'm an inner London midwife. It's it's never really an issue. But I do think when I, I've talked to other midwives who work out in like Devon and Cornwall where the hospitals are quite far from mm. where people live, mm. a lot of them, their option is home birth because yeah. they've got the midwives nearer to them than the actual hospital. But I would say if that's the case, it, they would probably stick to having women who are low risk. You don't really want to start with quite a few risks because you're more likely to need the hospital care so I would imagine that they would stick to having low risk women and trying to get them to have a home birth because they are quite far away from the hospital because what you don't want especially if it's your second or third baby women trying to get to a hospital that's maybe 50 minutes away Mm. and then and them in a car it's probably a lot safer for the midwife to go to them yeah um and talking about high risk and maybe it's hard to answer but I'm sure there's certain levels of high risk that aren't allowed a home birth or maybe every, like you said, everyone's allowed one, but what, is it more like an age thing of you go into a category of high risk that, you know, when, when do I become a geriatric mother? Unfortunately, it's I'm not already, a term that, am I, am I already no, no, geriatric? 
I don't think you're already geriatric, Jesse. <laughs> I think you're, you're not not quite not quite there yet. It's a horrible term, but once women go get to over forty, yeah. the um, obstetricians feel that the risks are a lot higher, yeah. and they would suggest that they don't have a home birth. But we, I would don't think the word allowed isn't really a good word. Yeah. Any anybody can opt for a home birth and make that decision if they want to. And I look after plenty of women that are over forty, as long as they understand the risks that are associated with it, which are really really quite small. Mm. Then it, it's up to them to choose what they want. I I don't allow anybody to do anything. I just um, try to facilitate their choice. I think that was what was always so clear. You know, there was a constant line of communication of saying you know there was always the option to change your mind to go into the hospital if you were feeling too scared that you couldn't do it there was always that option which I always felt like that was really great backup and there was also you know yeah you could you 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 could change your mind you you kind of you always set out the risks and what would happen and outline the kind of route of action that would happen if the meconium happened if you know there was complications with baby's heartbeat all of this so I always felt that was it was really um, clear the communication and and I appreciated that and I felt empowered as uh, giving birth having that information I wanted to know people worry about mess and they think they'd rather not do all the cleaning up is there a lot of mess or is it very much uh, it differs from pregnant person to pregnant person there's generally not a lot of mess. We we bring quite a lot of stuff with us. I don't know if you remember. You probably well. I remember Sam we... not putting down the bloody waterproof dust sheets, so the amniotic oh, yeah. sat so... went through my sizal carpet and ruined it. But you know, apart from that, yeah. So so that bit of mess was was Sam's fault, not mine. totally Sam's fault. <laughs> that, Absolutely, that was, that was him. Generally, we cover carpets, cover sofas, so there isn't a lot of mess. And any mess we make at the time, we clear up, we tidy up, and we take away with us. There isn't going be a whole lot of mess left I'd say the only time that you might have a bit of mess is say if we need to transfer in and both midwives maybe we didn't have a car that day both midwives have gone with um, the couple uh, and then we just haven't had time to sort of clear everything away but it's never that much mess that won't take about 20 minutes to just tidy up yeah like the midwives aren't leaving like house party levels day after the night before mess (laughs) um let's talk about drugs or yep. um, pain relief pain methods. Relief. Yeah, sorry, pain relief methods um, that are offered in home birth. Um, okay. What are the options? So the, the first option is that staying at home will just help you cope. Your adrenaline won't be so high. You'll be able to cope with the pain a lot better because you're in your own environment. But women think, is that really going to make a difference? But that makes a massive difference. Even like lighting, right? And being able to control yeah. your light and like yeah. familiar smells and things like this. Exactly. Just the mood, the atmosphere helps. Then if we move on to um, gas and air or Entonox, midwives will bring that with them. And uh, women are free to ask for it when they're ready and we can let them use that they can use that as much as they like they can use that in the pool as well mm-hmm. also most women will have a pool that makes a massive difference towards most most home birth midwives would like you not to get in the pool at the beginning and wait wait till we get there to get in the pool then you can get in the pool and have gas and air um, we do have the option. You can have uh, pethidine at home. Um, it's just up to women. It's their, Hang it's their on choice. a minute. You didn't tell me I could have pethidine. I think you've forgotten, Jessie. <laughs> I didn't forget the gas and air. Oh, I feel cheated, Francine. Cheated. Jessie, you didn't ask for it. 
<laughs> I was too busy groaning and listening to some kind of a too om busy, shanty too om busy, music. <laughs> say too fuck. Too busy having your having your baby and doing a great job. I did. I did say fuck a lot. That's what I remember. That it wasn't. It wasn't a beautiful sound. I've every. every uh, I mean, at least it made my mouth open, which is very good for the you know the other yeah. area. Just saying fuck. I I, I really encourage it. Um, no. So okay. So pethidine, gas and air. Some water that could even be a bath, I guess, couldn't it? If you can, yeah, definitely. Find your way There's in. loads, loads of women uh, will use the bath before we come. Like I'll be on the phone to them in the early stage of the labour. They'll use the bath then. I've delivered a couple of babies in the bath where women have got in. I've got there. The baby's coming, and they just tell me they can't get out. So <laughs> we get on with it right there. That's so exciting. Listen, thank you so much, Francine, for just helping our listeners understand the options that are involved when you get the choice of well, when you're choosing your place of birth now we, we're going to put this in the kind of 30 week stage some people would have already decided where they are giving birth or they may have changed their mind after listening to this and considering it have you still got time to have a home birth if you are at 30 weeks you've definitely got that's plenty of okay. time we've had we've had women call us two days before they deliver as long as we've managed to get to the house have a chat with them look through their notes they can have a home birth it's nothing there's no major things that need to be done it's not really ever too late I would say any woman that's listening it doesn't matter where you are in your pregnancy if you feel that this is something that you would like to do ask get on the phone maybe um the fastest way if you haven't got much time speak to someone senior speak to a senior midwife on call there'll be one at every hospital Mm. across the country and and get someone to to help you it's not too late thank you for joining us thank you for explaining um the ways that home birth um works and the pros of that method um it's always lovely to chat to you thank you i wish you were doing my next home birth you're very welcome. Well, I told you, if I'm free, I can't be the midwife because I'm too far. You can be but... my mate cheering in the corner. Uh, yeah, I can come and... Well, I didn't do much other than that last time. Do you remember? I wasn't really... No, but what, what you were doing, and you said after, because I, I remember it was... Uh, he was taking a while to come out, and so you were just... You were monitoring... I think you were just... I remember you were in, like, the, the doorway, just, like, with a pad. Yeah. And you were, like... You, yeah. you were, like, the, the stat keeper. Like, that was what you were doing, <laughs> the statistics, but very silently. And, and that was what... There was no chaos. It was, like... Yeah. It was very calm, even though I remember you saying after, you were, like, mm, yeah, I needed you to get a move on by one point, but I didn't... I, you didn't say anything, and he came out, so it was all good. Yeah. Thank you. And, yeah, hopefully this has helped people consider maybe having a home birth. Yeah, I hope so. If you are enjoying Is It Normal? The Pregnancy Podcast, we would love to hear from you. Review it if you fancy, or you can just give it a little like or subscribe. It all really, really helps to build the community of other pregnant women that are going through this too. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com